Welcome, this is Jessica Ortner and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Hello and welcome to episode 32. We have a special treat for you today. I'm usually in the role of interviewer when it comes to this podcast, but today I am teaming up with my dear friend Erin Stotland, and both of us will be sharing some great techniques to know when you want to make a change, when you want a reboot in your life. The thing about change is that it can feel very hard and we make it harder by trying to push and force ourselves to make a shift, whether that's with our weight or with our finances. This conversation is all about taking a whole new approach where creating that shift feels easier because we understand what is holding us back and how to create more ease. The reason I'm teaming up with Erin is that very soon in September, we are teaming up in Omega in upstate New York and teaching for a week. So we talk about some of the things that we'll be talking about there if you can't attend, but I also hope that you will attend. It's going to be a wonderful event, a great way to leave your day-to-day life and really commit to making those shifts that you're looking to make. So a little bit about Erin. She is the creator of the Shrink Session Workout. You can learn more at shrinksession.com. And she, right now, as you're going to hear more about, she's filming a TV show. So this is a star that is continues to rise, and she's such a bright light. So if you haven't met Erin before, I know you're going to love her work, and I know that you're going to love this show. If I am right, make sure you share it. This is an act of love. So spread the love to your family and friends and enjoy the show. Erin, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited today because this is a little taste of what people are going to experience when uh, we do our class together, our one-week workshop at Omega in September. Uh, Today we are talking about a reboot. And I don't think this is this is a word that most people use for their computer. But (laughs) the reason that that we chose this is that... uh, in life, we're constantly making changes and transformations, and there's changes that we want to make that maybe we've been trying to make the same change for the last 10 years, and it hasn't stuck. And so this is all about making those transformations, making that the process of transforming a positive one, a comfortable one, and one that's also really sustainable. Um, do you have any, any insights, anything else that you want to say about this concept of having a reboot? 
Yeah, I love it. I think it applies to so many different areas of our lives. Um, I know we're going to talk a little bit about weight loss today, which I know is a big one for people. And, you know, something that a lot of people are on, you know, whether it's a lifelong journey of transformation along that or, or struggle, or whether or not you are someone who has lost weight and gained weight, or you are looking to jumpstart that and really make that transition into, you know, a healthier you. Um, I think that the reboot applies to that category. And then also certainly, certainly any other category in your life that you are feeling a little bit stuck around. It could Mm -hmm. be career. It could be relationships. Um, I think it's, you know, we talked about this a little bit, Jessica, that this concept of a reboot is applicable to just about anyone. You know, I know for myself, someone who does, you know, sets a goal, achieves the goal. I often, after achieving a goal, need a reboot. I need a rest. I need to recharge my battery. I need to gather myself to set a new goal. So I think it applies to that and also applies to people who just have been feeling stuck for some time and need to really dig in, redefine their goal, redefine, you know, the why and the what behind their goal in order to move forward. Right. So let's start with talking about the problem, why we need to have a reboot and why it needs to be different than anything that we've tried before. Now, there's two extremes, people who are making changes and, you know, they try, but then they have trouble sticking with the change and they find that they they end up exactly where they started. Um, or those who for a long time, they haven't been taking that step forward. They've been maybe paralyzed with fear. So one's taking action and one's not taking action, but both people are stuck. So uh, I'm going to start by explaining the pattern that happens for those who are taking action, but find that it's not working. And that can be very hard and very frustrating because, you know, you look up at the sky and you say, why? I don't understand. I've been trying so hard. Why isn't it working for me? What I find with many of my clients is that when we want to make a transformation, we get stuck in what I call this pattern of panic. And so you can envision this as a circle. And so, and, and the reason I, I'll add I can talk about this um, so, so well is because I'm intimately familiar with, <laughs> with this pattern of panic. And it was, uh, this is what I had to break in order to make my transformation with weight loss and body confidence. This was one of the biggest keys for me. So we start, right? So we realize I want to lose weight. I want to get in a relationship. I want to make more money, whatever it is. It tends to start with looking at our lives and we have this sense of panic, the sense of, well, this isn't right. And we begin to feed the panic by adding this critical voice. So you should be further along by now. You never stick with anything. Uh, You're so stupid. Uh, it's easier for everybody else. So all of these kind of beliefs and these these self-criticism comes in play. And so we actually fuel that critical voice because we believe that if we are hard on ourselves, we'll eventually begin to take action. So we, we do this whole drill sergeant thing. And this is the problem. The reason we do this so often is because it does work, but it only mm-hmm. works for a very short period of time. Right. Like I think most of us have had an experience in our lives where we're mean to ourselves and we push ourselves to take action. Now, the problem is we start that diet. Right. We start whatever we're doing. But let's use the example of a diet. 
we start that diet and we have this really strict diet and we're trying to do it perfectly and we're really focused but we're also very critical and we feel this immense amount of pressure to stick with this to be perfect and after a while it gets exhausting and it feels like it's just sucking the joy out of life and we feel resentful and we're desperate to relieve this pressure. So then what happens next, which is the next step, is we do relieve that pressure by going back to old self-sabotaging behaviors. And we go back to the way that life was before because at least it didn't feel like we had um, that same anxiety around that diet or whatever it is. Then we go back to the beginning, we panic, then we fuel the panic with criticism, then we use that criticism to fuel action, then we get exhausted of the pressure because of that action, and we go back to self-sabotaging behaviors, and the circle keeps going over and over again. So if we wanna take action, we have to break that panic, we have to do something completely different, and we're gonna be talking about some tips on how to do that today. So Aaron, why don't you tell us you're actually filming a TV show right now, which I know you can't tell us too much about, but uh, tell us a little bit about it, whatever you can, and also yeah. the the other side of those who really feel stuck. Yeah, so I'm working on this wonderful TV show in the weight loss transformation space, and it's really such an honor to get to work with these people who are really ready to make change in their life um, on a physical level. And what really struck me recently with one of our participants and having a sit down conversation with him was this is a person who has basically been overweight his entire life. So he's not, you know, we've had other, we have other participants who have, you know, lost weight, gained weight, lost weight, gained weight, and kind of gone through this cycle. But this is a person who really his entire identity is wrapped up in who, who he is physically. And, um, as we talked to him about this transformation, the thing that really stood out to both me and my co-host was, wow, he really only sees himself as this overweight person. This is where he lives in, you know, in his mind and his heart and his soul and in his body. And, um, and, and in order for him to make the change, he is going to have to essentially create um, a new identity. And what is that identity? What is the vision that he has for himself? And it got me really thinking about this concept of, of home. And I think in our lives that we have many different homes. I was thinking about, you know, as I've been in Los Angeles shooting for many weeks, you know, New York is my home. Um, I also, I'm originally from Chicago. So Chicago very much feels like my home. Actually, even I was thinking about this as well, like working on my business, when I work on my business with my team, that feels like another version of a, a home for me. So we have many homes in, in our lives. Um, being with my husband very much, that's my main home. And, but I was thinking about this idea of our sort of our first homes that we, we grow up in. And for everyone listening, I'd like you to just take a moment to think about that home that you grew up in and not just the home itself, the house itself, but the neighborhood, uh, perhaps the parks that were around your neighborhood, perhaps the stores that were around where that you would frequent, um, whether or not your childhood was pleasant or, you know, not as pleasant there is certainly, I think we all can agree that there is a certain level of comfort 
in that home. And comfort's not always good <laughs> necessarily, but there's there you just you know it so intimately and you were in that place in your very formative years and it's it's part of you, it's part of who you are. It's the home and the house that you grew up in. It's why actually so many people adults when their parents sell their childhood home, they get so emotional because it was such a significant place in their in their lives. Um, you know, I grew up in a, in a house, we moved when I was 12, but even that first house, every time I'm, you know, in the neighborhood, I go and I drive by it. And I'm like, all the memories come flooding back of what I did as, you know, when I was seven or nine or six. And I think that this home, like I said, is very comfortable and that doesn't mean it's always positive. So I also just, you know, we're talking about this a little bit, you know, sometimes when I'm home and I'm talking to my mom, I can hear remnants of the teenage Aaron, <laughs> which is not pleasant. And and to be honest, it's not pleasant for her. And it doesn't feel good for me either to be talking in that tone. And I'm kind of like, wait, who is this? That's not who I am anymore. But it, it kind of just comes out. It's it, I slip into it quite easily, sometimes almost unconsciously. And I think when we are trying to make a change in our life, especially around weight, especially if it's something that we've you know struggled with for a very long time, this really is like uprooting your home and building an entirely new home for yourself. And I think a lot of the times what people do when they're trying to make any transition in their life is they're like, okay, I'm ready to make the change. I'm ready to, you know, find love, change my body, build a business, whatever it may be. I'm ready. I'm a, I'm going to move from home. And what they do is they go and they find a new home, but really it's an Airbnb, you know, <laughs> and they stay there for a little bit and things are going well. But the minute that things start to get hard, they slowly start to walk back towards their home because it's comfortable, because it's what they know, because it's familiar. And I think that it's, it's a, it's a great analogy to be thinking about if you're looking to make a change. It's not what, what I would encourage people to start to think about is I want you to take with you things from your original home, the things that worked for you, whether if, it, if there was love in your home, if there were good things in your home, I want you to take all of those things with you. But I want you to think about this idea of building yourself a brand new home with a new foundation and, you know, new walls and new scenery, a new scenery, a new backyard, and, and that this is going to be your new identity. And that doesn't mean that every now and then you won't take a walk back to your old home and slip into old ways. Like I mentioned how I do, you know, with my mom at times, but you, you begin to, as you build this new home, you begin to build also a consciousness around who you are in your old home. And sometimes we slip into that, but we become very conscious of it. We choose, that's actually not, we say, that's actually not who I am anymore. And this new home where I live now is the person that I want to be. Um, and, and particularly in regards kind of circling back around to the identity of the participant in the show that I'm talking about is he really needs to build his dream home. And it's going to take for him some imagination, some vision, perhaps you bring in an architect, a new builder. Um, but you have to start by having having the vision for your new home and then you begin to build it slowly slowly but surely and by building it the new home i mean you build new thoughts new beliefs 
new reactions to things, you know, changing the way you react to things, new ways of, of eating, perhaps new ways of exercising. If we're talking about weight loss in particular. So we are building the new home foundation on all these levels, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, and I think it's a really a great analogy to think about as you're thinking about rebooting, making a transition or a transformation. Right. And then if you find that you're not taking any action, looking at it as being like, well, what is it about this home? You know, one of the questions that I ask everyone I work with when it comes to weight loss is what's the downside of losing weight? What's the downside Mm. of leaving this home? Now, Mm. what tends to happen, especially for those who are, if you were like me and you were obsessed by the, from the age of, I think maybe 14, I was on my first diet. I was just obsessed with losing weight. And the first time I asked myself that question, the answer was nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. I'm ready to pack up this house. I want a new house. Mm-hmm. Nothing. But when I really took inventory and I and I sat with myself, all of these fears came up. This fear of, well, I've blamed um, every failure and everything wrong in my life on my weight. If I don't have my weight to blame anymore, mm-hmm. I'd have to blame myself. Yeah. Um, what if I lost the weight and then now everyone's looking at me and yep. w- and the pressure of having to keep it off and just the pressure of being seen, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I just found all of these these lists of of the downside of things that I was holding on to. And so yeah. as we decide to change homes, as we decide to do something different, we have to let our mind and especially our heart know that it's safe to change Mm -hmm. and we need to be able to take a real look at that downside so that we can address it and then build that upside you know really realize why we want to make the change and Aaron one thing that it's the reason that both of us I think have been working together for so long is that we both understand that there is a place for strategies there is a place for better eating habits even different ways to work out but at the end of the day, the most important thing are our emotions. Mm-hmm. The, that is fueling our actions. And the problem is people get obsessed with their actions mm-hmm. and they don't look at their identity, their emotions, their feelings about a transformation. Instead, they just try to will themselves towards taking yeah. a strategy. Yeah. And our feelings are so powerful. I mean, our feelings will will be the very thing that keeps us on the couch because you know, what you, we have all these strategies, like you said, that, you know, I've got a, I've got a meal plan to follow. I've got an exercise plan to follow. I'm looking at it. I'm staring at it, but I'm still sitting on the couch. Why can't I get up? And, you know, it's because our feelings say, I don't feel like it. I don't want to, or I'm not good enough, or it's too hard. And they, they go deeper and deeper. And, um, I think that actually, to be honest, our feelings and our emotions are more powerful than any strategy we could ever create around around change, quite yes. honestly. Yes. I, I had a um, a philosophy for a very long time that didn't serve me. And, and I believed that the harder I was on myself, uh, mm. the better person I would be. So when I would be very critical, I thought that it made me a grounded, self-aware person. I actually prided myself on how hard I was on myself. And yeah. especially those who struggle with perfection, perfectionism and those type of issues, which I think a, a lot of people do. It's this idea of the, the meaner I am to myself, um, the better my life will be. But nobody has ever hated themselves happy. Right. So 
as we're, you know, we're going to go through some tips, but a big thing that both of us talk about in our teachings is having a a level of pleasure. So we're going to talk about being uncomfortable and pleasure, but I want to start with pleasure for a moment. Um, I know that if, if it's not pleasurable, if you can't find some meaning around a change, it's not going to be sustainable. So if your only motivation is that mean, critical voice, it's not sustainable because it's exhausting. So for those of you who've tried to lose weight and when you look back at your past attempts, the word exhaustion comes up, my guess is that you've been trying to criticize and push yourself with weight towards weight loss without bringing any pleasure into the transformation, without going into that new home and making that new home feel feel safe. So with that, though, we also have to address something, which is being uncomfortable, which is natural. So Erin, can you tell yeah. us a bit about just being uncomfortable with the change? Yeah, I think with any change, there comes some discomfort. And we hate discomfort. We don't like it at all. And rightfully so. It's sometimes it's painful. Um, sometimes it's unnerving. There's, um, a great deal of uncertainty about that discomfort, sort of not knowing. I think we, you know, just, we talked about this a little bit before that we, we all want to feel comfort. And so we will choose something that's comfortable versus, um, because we what we want comfort because there's a certainty in the comfort. We know how it works. We know how that couch feels when we sit on it. You know, we know what it feels like when we kick our feet up and we watch TV. Like there's something that feels so good about that. And I have to add really quick. There yeah. and there's science behind this. So yes. the reason we want comfort, like you said, is because we want certainty. The mind, our unconscious mind, all it wants to do is to keep us safe. And certainty feels safe. The yes. problem is the like the certainty in our life a lot of times has to do with stress and worry and anxiety that's become our new normal and our brain stays there because it thinks well it's better than whatever unknown is there because I'm comfortable in this yeah right but that comfortable that that state I believe is slowly kills you You yeah it's a slow just so I'm sorry continue no yeah but so I think that we have to sort of change our story around discomfort. Because I think when we start to feel uncomfortable, we assume that it's bad. We assume that we're failing. We assume we suck at it. We assume we should go back home. You know, I was thinking a little bit about when I first moved to New York City right after college, you know, it was a very big move. I was dancing professionally. I had very little money. You know, I had basically, you know, some money in a dream and that's what I was living on. And, it was extremely uncomfortable. I was living in this big city. The noise was like, would grate on me every day because I just wasn't used to it. And I was exhausted. I was anxious. And, you know, every bit of me at many, it was interesting. There were many times that I wanted to go back home to Chicago, um, because the change and the transition was so uncomfortable. Luckily the, the dream that I had was bigger and the inspiration that I had to create a the life that I really wanted. I knew I had to stick out the discomfort, but let me tell you that first year was incredibly uncomfortable. And I think that, you know, it would be very, it would have been very easy for me to say during that time, I, this is not meant for me. You know, I'm not, I'm never going to make it. Um, I'm not smart enough to be in New York city. I'm not interesting enough to really survive in New York city and, and kind of create the career that I want. And 
I think it's um it very very parallels very much parallels um exercise quite honestly. Yes. I see that a lot with um with my clients who are sort of new to exercise and we're getting them moving for the first time. If you are someone who, you know, did not grow up athletic, did not grow up moving your body, it's very easy for you to start moving and it's uncomfortable. Your heart is beating, your legs start to shake. And it's very easy to go up into a story and say, see, I'm not good at this. I've never been athletic. You know, I stink at this. It's easy to look in the mirror and say, I'll never change. Look at my body. Um, and we have a whole story about what it means to be uncomfortable. And I think what we really want to emphasize here is that change will be uncomfortable, but it is up to you to create a new story about the discomfort. Yes. It's uncomfortable, but it doesn't have to feel like torture. Right. And that's, that's the difference. You know, uh, earlier today we were texting each other and I told you that I was just leaving a class. Um, as many of you guys know, I just did a really major move and I moved across country and with that, I've been running around setting up the home, but I haven't been I haven't been working out. I've been running around, but I haven't had like a traditional workout for a while. And this morning I went to the cl- the class body pump, which they have it everywhere. It's uh, it's weightlifting, nice. right? So, um I got there late. I didn't realize it'd be traffic because of the time it was in the morning and the only spot that was left was in the front of the class <laughs> so and I haven't been there for a while so I got all the weights um that I was used to you know I've, I've done body pump a few times and uh the woman to my left uh was an elderly woman she had she had gray hair she was an amazing shape but she was she's significantly older than me and I started to lift weights and I kind of would look at her with like how much meant much weight I'd put on my bar. Erin, I was dying. Like I, it just got to a point where I couldn't, I could not lift this little thing. Like, and so I had to make a decision and I had to decide, am I in this moment going to criticize myself and shame myself? Am I going to let my ego get in the way or am I just going to take off of some weight? I just took off some weight and it was still challenging, but at least I could lift my arm up. But the, yeah. the point of that is we have those experiences all the time, whether it's a workout class, whether it's we're trying to learn something new, whether we're dating. And in those moments when things are not going our way and we're not doing as well as we thought we would and we feel that discomfort because we're doing something new or something we haven't done for a while, that is the moment where we tell ourselves a story. So my story was, I am brave. That was my story. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter that I couldn't lift enough weights. The thing was, I, even though I knew the only spot was in the front of the class, yeah. I took the spot. I'm brave. Yeah. And that was my story. Great. But my story when I was 20 years old would have been, I can't believe I got you know so out of shape. What's wrong with me? This is embarrassing. You know, everyone's looking at me, and this is that everybody's busy focusing on themselves in totally. life, not even in workout class. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, life, right? Most people are just worried about their their selves. So, yeah. um, but those are the moments that we create those stories. So, I just like you said, it's important to know discomfort is natural, but what are we going to tell ourselves? Yeah, and it's it's important. I love that that was a story that you told yourself in that moment. That's so powerful, and it's so really can create a transformational experience in in a workout or anywhere else because you shift out of um, out of like almost a place of deprivation, you know, and criticism where you're saying I suck at this, I'm not good. Wait a second, this older lady, she's kicking my butt. Into a place of 
I'm brave, like you said, and you know, everyone listening, take a moment and just sit with, sit with that. Say to yourself, oh, I'm really bad at this. Oh my God, I'm, I'm sucking, you know? And how does that make you feel? And it, if anything, it will make you want to drop the weight completely and walk out of the room. You know, that's the feeling that that, that, that story will create inside of you. Right. Conversely, if you have the story, I am brave. Wow. I'm doing pretty good here. I haven't worked out in a long time. That will give you emotion, energy, feelings that will make you want to try a little harder and stay in the room a little longer. Right. And that's what it's really about. And, you know, I, when you were just kind of reflecting my story back to me, I realized I made the point to share that there was a woman next to me that was a lot older than me. Right. So what was I doing? I was comparing myself. So Mm -hmm. here's this woman who is just crushing it. And I'm thinking, man, I don't have an excuse. Right. And so this is the thing, Mm -hmm. the critical voice we never get rid of it, but yes. we don't have to listen to it. And yep. so what happens is we hear that voice and then we go, oh, see, I'm not even doing this right. You know, right. I'm, I know I'm supposed to think positive and say I'm brave, but I just compared myself to someone else. I'm not even doing it right. The thing is to know that that's natural. You hear the voice and then you make a decision. Are you going to add to that story? Or are you going to create a new story? And, and I think something to really point out here is the critical voice is, is your mind and it's coming from your brain and your brain, our brains are, you know, how many millions of years old, right? And the brain is designed the, that voice in your head. And this is, you know, science is designed to keep you safe coming back to this where we started, right? right? That's that's the whole purpose of the brain is designed to keep you safe, to protect you from being killed, really, out in the wilderness. Um, but we don't need that voice necessarily when we're looking to create change in our life. It's not it's not a necessary voice. It's not doing the job we want to do, and so therefore we have to begin to train the mind um, and transform and choose and create a new story that the brain and the mind will tell us. Right. There is this this old story. I think it's a Native American story, and I I probably will say it wrong, but you'll get the point. There, you know, there's that story of um, this this grandmother was telling her granddaughter that you know in every Everyone outside of their door has two wolves, a wolf of doubt and a wolf of hope. And the granddaughter asked, well, which wolf is the strongest? And the grandmother said, the one that you feed. Mm-hmm. So what yes. voice are we going to feed? And it, I don't think there was even a grandmother involved. I think I just made it up. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we get the point. What, yeah. Which wolf are we feeding? Yeah. And, and you, the beautiful thing is, and this was something that we, we talked about with our participants on the show is, you know, many of these people that we worked with, you know, we were doing workouts with them had not, some of them had never worked out before. Some of them, you know, had not worked out in a very, very, very long time. And we had them do, for example, um, we kind of did like a little bit of a fitness test at the beginning so that we can kind of see where they, how they grow in strength by the end. And one of the things we did was have them hold a plank, you know, for as long as they can. And when they're done, they just come down. And we said, you know, during the, while you're holding the plank, you are going to have the opportunity to choose and choose and choose and choose again. There will be a moment that will come up that says, I'm really, I'm done. And you have an opportunity to say, not yet. Hold on. Not yet. Give me two more seconds. 
And then it's going to, that voice is going to come in again. No, 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 seriously, I'm done. And you're going to have another opportunity to choose yet again and say, no, 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 hold on, hold on one second. I got one more second in me. And you likely are going to have to do that probably about 30 times over the course of this, you know, 45 second exercise that you're going to have an opportunity to choose and choose again, where, which voice you want to listen to. And I think that this is very true for life as well. You know, every day we have an opportunity to choose and choose and choose again. And the good news or the bad news is that, you know, I wouldn't say it's the bad news, but it's like, we never arrive. It's never, we never get to the point where our voice is like, you're good. Life is good. You're going to, you know, like that's the, the voice is always telling us all good things all the time. I think Jessica, you and I both, you know, as much as work is the work we do in this, in this area, in this field and on ourselves, I still every day have to choose again and again and again, which voice I'm going to listen to. And to me, that's empowering that I get to make that choice. Um, and some days, you know, I, there's times that I'll still listen to the voice that's not supportive. That's not loving. And I pay the price and when I listen to that, in that I don't feel good. I feel sad. I, it drains my energy. But the beautiful part is that we do get the opportunity to choose and choose again. And it's a practice and it's a daily practice. Mm-hmm. So let's go into uh, two strategies that can help everyone when it comes to making a transition. And these are two things that we're going to be focusing a lot on when we're uh, teaching in Omega for a week in September. So obviously my my specialty, uh, what I love so much is tapping. And the, the reason I think tapping is so effective is that when we are listening to that critical voice and we are feeling upset or we're feeling angry, we tend to pile on the emotions. We get mad at ourselves for being mad. We feel ashamed of ourselves for feeling sad. We try to fight our emotions with more disempowering emotions. And there's something so powerful to there's something so powerful when it comes to giving yourself a voice when it comes to how you feel, right? Instead of trying to trying to fight it, give a voice to how you feel and accept where you are. So in tapping, one of the first things that we do, and I'll talk about the tapping points in a, in a moment, but I think for, with the conversation we're having, I really want to focus for a second on the setup statement, which is, you know, you tap on the karate chop point and you say, even though, and you state your problem, even though I'm angry, or even though I don't feel good enough, even though I'm frustrated, I accept myself and how I feel. Self-acceptance, a moment of accepting where we are, gives us an opportunity to exhale. We stop the judgment long enough to be able to see a new way. It's been said often, but it needs to be kept being said. We need to remind ourselves that what we resist persists. So as we try to resist that critical voice or those negative feelings, they tend to grow inside of us. Now, the reason tapping is so effective is that when we're having these thoughts, right, Erin, like we're feeling anxious, we're feeling worried, uh, we're doubting ourselves – it is not an experience that we have in our head. We feel it in our body. For me in particular, yeah. I feel it in my stomach, right, yeah. when I'm nervous. Some people feel it in their chest, other in their back. So we have this real physical experience. So at, if we simply try to talk our way out of that experience without doing something physical, mm-hmm. it's like we're fighting ourselves. It's like there's yeah. these just, you know, there's a, this angel and this devil and they're going at it in our mind. What we do with tapping is when we give ourselves when we give our frustration a voice 
and we and our fears and our doubts a voice and we begin to tap on these acupressure points while thinking that negative thought we're sending a calming signal from our body to our brain letting our brain know that even with these doubts it's safe for me to relax so we talk about being uncomfortable like being uncomfortable with change and having to find some comfort some meaning when we can relax even with that negative thought that negative thought doesn't have as much power over us. We can begin to look at it objectively and say, is this real or is this something I'm constructing? And it gives us our power back. It helps us think clearly. So that's what I love. You know, both of us are into physical things. Hmm. We're going to talk about mantras in a second, but you don't just teach mantras. You teach mantras and movement. Yeah. I believe when it comes when it comes to emotions and letting things go we need to have modalities that incorporate the mind and the body because they're both working together when it comes to how we're feeling and feeling safe to move forward yeah so i i will mention and i've and i've said it before there there's a free tapping meditation on the tapping solution.com for stress relief for the morning and evening it's a great place to get started when you want to make a change what people tend to do is they want to make a change and they want to focus their tapping or they don't know where to focus their tapping. They're like, I, I have no idea what I should be saying. I don't know uh, what I should be focusing on. We have to start with the panic. So I talked earlier about that pattern of panic. When mm -hmm. we break that panic, we're able to be creative, resourceful, innovative. We're able to begin to take steps forward in a way that feels more comfortable Again, always a little bit uncomfortable to get out of your comfort zone, but you can make it more comfortable. You can ease the, you don't have to suffer, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, so that is a really great place to start and just give yourself a voice. Just say, you know, tapping on your eyebrow point, I'm so frustrated. Side of the eye, why hasn't anything worked for me? I should be further along by now under the eye. Under the nose, it seems easier for everybody else. That story that you're telling yourself when you're feeling discomfort, you tap on that story. When you tap on that story, you calm your body. And now you can look at that story and go, is that real? Is that really what I believe? Then from that place, it's so much easier to choose to be brave, to choose a different story. So again, I mean, I could do a whole other course with tapping, <laughs> but I just want to give people the reason why it's a strategy that I teach and and it's going to be a big focus within the Total Wellness Reboot at Omega. Erin, um, tell us about your specialty, just the, the power of movement and mantras. Yeah. So all of the workouts that I do, whether it is, you know, sort of functional training or I, I love to incorporate dance, um, some yoga, kickboxing. I'd like to always pair any of the movement that I do with mantras um, or affirmations, positive statements, however you want to call them, because it kind of come back, comes back to this idea that oftentimes it, it's twofold. Oftentimes when we are exercising, it's very easy to get up into a negative conversation. And so, you know, all of a sudden we're really just focused on how hard the movement is. Like you mentioned in, in your class this morning, you know, uh, you're, you're, Oh my God, I can't even raise my arms over my head. This is really hard. You know, <laughs> right. we, we kind of get into that thing. I actually took a class this morning that was so, so challenging as well. Um, on this like machine. And, and I, I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is really hard. Now, the interesting thing is I, I 
because I've been moving for so long, have a story already, like a good story about when something's hard, like I, it makes me feel strong, you know, mm-hmm. like when, when something's hard and I'm doing it, I'm like, it, to me, my story is I'm strong. The, oh my God, look at how strong I am. Like my legs are shaking and I'm still doing it. You know, like that's, that's my story. And that's what I want to teach people to do while they're exercising. So instead of getting caught in the loop of this is really hard, I don't like it. We are, you know, I will introduce a mantra that you will say out loud while you're moving almost as a way to crowd out any negative thinking while you're moving so that you begin to have a new identification with movement so that the identification that you're having with movement that's challenging is similar to what I just mentioned that you're, when something gets hard and challenging, actually what it calls up in you is I'm strong, I'm powerful. You know, this is my time. And, and, and what's powerful about that, doing the movement with the mantra is that, you know, when we're kind of just sitting quietly, closing our eyes in meditation and we just say, I'm strong, I'm powerful, you know, the mind is so slippery and it really takes over. So, the, you know, you'll think I'm powerful, I'm strong, but your body's kind of like, no, you're not. Look at you, you're hunched over. You can't even sit up straight, you know? And all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> yeah. what, what am I having for dinner? <laughs> <You know? laughs> totally. Um, and so what's so powerful is that when you're par- pairing the mantra with the movement is it really is sending a message to your cells, your muscles, your bones. So it's not just an intellectual thought. It's a physiological experience of what it feels like to be strong, to be powerful, what it feels like to say, it's my time and to feel that all in your body. And it creates, um, how we talked about earlier, it creates a new emotion, a new emotion. So instead of the emotion being, oh, oh, hard, don't like it, too tired, the emotion is, woo, yeah, let's go, you know? Um, And obviously when you have that emotion behind any of your movement, you want to do more of it, you're able to go a little longer and that's where you'll see more endorphins being released and obviously you'll be more likely to create change in your body as a result. It's so powerful. Your workouts are so powerful. And, and also just this idea of whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter what class it is, even in your mind, having those mantras, what is like one or two mantras that, that you think people can kind of incorporate right now that they can just start saying in their mind next time they're going for that run or that walk or doing a class? Well, a great one that we've been using a lot on the show with our participants is um, because like I said, these are people, you know, I'll show my girls a move and they'll look at me kind of like, well, you want me to do that? That's, <laughs> right. you know, I, I can already see them kind of being like, no, no, I can't do that. That's too hard. I'm not strong enough. I'll hurt myself. And so one thing that I'll have them say before they even start, I'm like, out loud, I want you to just say, I got this, no problem. Hmm. I got this, no problem. And I'm like, yeah, say it out loud. And I make them say it to me. Like, I got this, no problem. And I'll, I'll sort of model it for them of how I want them to say it. What's the energy, the emotion behind this? I got this, no problem, you know? And, um, and it's a great one because suddenly it shifts them out of the, wait a second, I can't do that. That looks really hard. I'm going to hurt myself into, I got this, no problem. There's a little bit of ease that gets created. And then all of a sudden they move into the movement with a sense of ease. And of course they're able to do it. Um, so that's a great one that you can use, um, throughout your workout before you start your workout. It's a great one. You can use it before you go into a meeting even, or, you know, any kind of business situation. I got this 
no problem. Um, and another great one, if you know, you're thinking about making transitions and transforming, you know, a big piece of it is letting go of old ways of thinking and being, you know, we talked about this idea of the house moving out of the old house and you have to begin to create a new one. And so a great mantra, this one has a little bit of a rhyme to it. So you can write it down is I let go of the old, I'm creating something new. What I used to think was hard is now easy to do. So I'll say it again. I let go of the old. I'm creating something new. What I used to think was hard is now easy to do. And the first part is obvious. The second part when we say what I used to think is hard is now easy to do is because I think when we're making a transition, it's you know, we, we, we do fear how difficult it's going to be. And the fear of, of difficulty can halt our progress at any step along the way. So we want to just bring that sense of ease into whatever it is that we're doing. What I used to think was hard, oh, it's like easy now. It's now easy to do. Um, and that's a great one that you can do while you're going for a run, on the treadmill, on the elliptical, doing some weight training. Um, you just want to constantly tell yourself that you're letting go of the old and you are creating something new. I love that. Well, and we also shared another one earlier, the I am brave. We'll make Yes. That. That's mm-hmm. another good one. Yeah. Well, um, so let's, I want to just talk very quickly about this week that we're spending together with a bunch of amazing participants. There's still um, spots left. So September 11th to September 16th in Rhinebeck, New York at Omega, we will be teaching for five days. This never happens. This is very, you know, right, Aaron? Like, this is going to be a real magic moment. Uh, and so yeah. don't miss this opportunity to do this. I mean, we're five days with the two of us. We're going to be going through uh, addressing these self-sabotaging behaviors, the identity that we talked about. We're going to be doing some great movement. Aaron's going to be doing yeah. some amazing uh, workouts. That I promise you there'll be fun workouts. They yes, will- You'll be smiling ear to ear. You'll be sweating. You'll be smiling. You'll be having a good time. I promise you. That's always my promise when it comes to working out. Yes. It is a safe environment. That's the biggest thing is what I mean, how often can you leave your day to day life to take five days to just make a plan to start reflecting, to start shining light on what's been holding you back and finding ways to begin to move forward. It's such a beautiful place in the country as well. There's something about being in nature. It's going to be a real transformational experience uh, for everyone, Erin, including us. I think it's yeah. going to be it's going to be unbelievable. I'm so excited about it. It's going to be super super special. It'll be journaling, and we really believe that you're going to walk out of there with obviously a new sense of energy, focus, and direction. But hopefully, also really a good plan to keep you moving forward strongly and confidently. Yes, absolutely. Well, Erin, thank you for being with us. I mean, it was a really great conversation. Uh, and it's always just such a joy to hang out with you. I know. So lucky <laughs> to have you as my friend. <laughs> uh, I feel the same way. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much. Thank you.